Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. You're listening to BSH Radio. Is this true? Live from the WIP studios in Philadelphia. The hockey team, the Flyers. And right here on BroadStreetHockey.com. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. Guys, the Flyers picked second. That's right, they made the pick. Nolan Patrick is a Flyer. Braden Shen isn't. We have a whole lot going on. So uh, I just want to get right into it right away. Let me introduce you to the panel for the evening. First and foremost, my broadcast partner in crime, who is in an excellent mood tonight, <laughs> Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. Have you ever known me to be anything but perky and cheerful? It's it's who you are. <laughs> so, the thing that I have to say tonight, friends and family, if you actually, in your heart of hearts, believe that Braden Shen is a bad hockey player, you need to reevaluate a lot of different areas in your life. Thank you. I don't think anyone... Does anyone really think he's bad? Yes. No. I think a lot of people, a lot of Flyers fans, really Philly fans in general, like once a player leaves, it's like, ah, he was garbage anyway, whatever. So that could be part of it. And I, I also think there was a lot of people who just didn't like Braden Shen, period. People have been talking shit about Braden Shen and, and just saying that he's terrible for years. And I, like... Four years ago, it was kind of true. Like, he hadn't been living up to who he was supposed to be. But in the last two, he's been a nice, useful player. I just Four think... years ago, he was 21. All right. I mean, look at look at all of these players that we're looking at in terms of prospects and, 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 and who we are expecting big things from when they're done developing. They're all over 21. Exactly. That's what he developed into a nice player. He He became useful. And of... Good value. They just got better value for him, I believe. They got, I don't think so at all. They got two first-round picks. Yeah, and I think that they did poorly with their first can of one, the first-round picks. Can <laughs> one simultaneously think that he's a serviceable hockey player and also no longer want them on his on your team? That's a thing that can happen. Right? Yeah, I think so. That's about where I was. I never thought he was a bad hockey player. I just didn't want him on my team. But why? Like where? I just wh- didn't think he had a role here. He had he had a role. It was called scoring goals on the power play only. Do power play goals count less than even strength goals? Has no. anybody lost a game because you only scored goals in the power play, not at even strength? So those no. goals don't count. No, they count. Okay. I think they just find him replaceable. Like, I believe they think Oscar Lindblom can take that role. That with Nolan Patrick here, there's a boost to the offense. And maybe not as much of a liability at 5-on-5. Five five. We're going to get more into the trade in just so, a second. But, like, what if there was Oscar Lindblom and Braden Shen? There's only so many roster spots, and you're paying a and, guy... And Braden Shen is the one that you get rid of, as opposed to any of the picks. garbage, the actual garbage players. For two first-round picks. I think it's ridiculous. You're not getting a, a first-round pick or two for Scott Lawton. So, yeah, they didn't trade Scott Lawton. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. <laughs> so today, our old pal Mark Recchi finds himself as a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. 
which is great. He was a very excellent hockey player who I absolutely hated when he was here, especially later in his career because, um, in my opinion, he got Bill Barber fired, and that really bothered me. He's and a I, rat. No one else here agrees with me. No, 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 no Bill totally agrees with you. That's why I was blown away that two people on this podcast hate Mark Recchi. I like Mark Recchi a lot. I wouldn't say he was like one of my favorite players during that era, but he was really good twice. He, he's an asshole, and he sucks. But you know who sucks even harder? Jeremy Jacobs, who pretty much on his own caused three lockouts and is somehow being honored by this <laughs> league as a builder. Yeah, that seems bad. Doesn't that seem like kind of as uh, two things that don't really go together? Don't it seems they, a little backwards. A little bit, right? They have a lot of bad people in the Hockey Hall of Fame, don't they? I mean, I guess, but Jeremy Jacobs is like Mr. Burns. To start. Oh, well, Come on, I mean, Bill. yeah. Why, mean, why do you hate Mark Recchi? Because he reason. won everywhere but here. That's not he, his fault. Yes, it is. Win here. No. No one wins here. That's why we're Philadelphia. <laughs> Bob Clark did. So oh, you hate boy. everyone. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, well, welcome less. to Broad Street Hockey Radio. Are you new here? I, I mean, like, he, he had two long stints here and did nothing with them. And, like, was on one of the, like, most under, like, those teams that he were on were some of the most underachieving teams in this franchise's history. I mean, he was on the team that basically dragged an injury-riddled carcass to the Eastern Conference Finals Game I Seven, will which is still one of my favorite playoff runs ever. Destroy you, yeah. If you ever refer to Eric Lindros <laughs> as an injury-riddled carcass, oh, no, I, no, I was, again, no, I was talking about the 2004. Oh, okay. Um, when, when, when they were <laughs> oh when they were when they were playing Sammy Kappen and on the defense, we were gonna that fight. run. I saw but it the, happening. The team, <laughs> Kelly was not happening. The team, that, the team that blew the lead to the Devils basically gave up when Lindros came back because of Recky's leadership. Like, oh no, Lindros is coming back. We're getting one of the best players ever, but we thought we could do it without him. Yeah, we don't whiners. want him back. Well, We're whiners. just going to sit so, back and so, let him do it all. But why you blame that on, like, Desjardins was the leader. He was the guy who got the C given to him when they stripped it off of Lindros. Why don't you blame him? That veteran core during that time was a problem. Whiners. A bunch of whiners, and I will die on the Bill Barber Hill every single day. He was an excellent coach, and they didn't like him because he didn't give them a pass. I don't, I don't think Bill Barber was a very good coach. Well, I don't think, I think he was, was a very good was, coach. I think he was okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be a terrible coach. I'm never, never act like I'd Actually, be a good coach. I've seen your potential lineup, so I think you'd be an excellent coach, Charlie. Maybe an upgrade. <laughs> the man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. So to kind of piggyback off this this uh, draft day trade conversation we're going to be diving into, one thing that really annoys me is when people judge player for draft pick trades based on how the draft pick panned out. Because the way I always look at it, the way I always want people to look at it, is that the player is traded for the expected value of the draft pick. And whether the draft pick panned out or not does not necessarily mean that the, the trade itself was bad or good. For example, if you trade Jake Voracek for a fifth-round pick, and that fifth-round pick in four years becomes the next Jamie Benn, does that mean the trade was good? No, it means the trade was stupid, and you got unbelievably lucky because the stupid trade somehow worked out in your direction. So a, a trade can be good in terms of value and not work out, and it doesn't mean the trade was bad. It means the picks were bad. And that it, it th there's a separation there that I don't think a lot of people like to create. I don't understand why it needs to be so specific. Can it just be bad in general? I mean, things can definitely be bad in general. I just don't think you can equate the two. I, yes. I think you can. 
giving up a third round pick for Ronaldo, regardless of what that pick turns exactly. out to be. You could not make a selection. The Flyers could have just been like, <laughs> hey, you know what? We forgo this third round pick. <laughs> <laughs> That's still a terrible trade for Boston, regardless. They gave up something for nothing. The only scenarios I can buy is if, like, let's say a player is slipping down the first round and you trade away a guy just for the pick, because obviously then it's one for one. But if if you're trading for, like, multiple picks, like the Braden Shen deal, like, yeah, I'm sure when they made that deal, they probably liked Frost. And that may have contributed a little bit, but there's a whole nother first-round pick in that deal that they have no idea who's going to be. They don't even know what the pick is yet. It could be pick 11 next year. Yeah, we, we just don't know. So is it a good deal if the Blues happen to be just bad enough to be out of the top 10 so it's out of protection, but it would be a bad deal if they're good and they have picked, you know, 28? No, it's still a good value to get two first-round picks out of the deal, regardless of whether the first-round picks pan out at all. If they don't pan out, blame Hextall for making bad picks, not a bad trade. I'll blame Hextall for bad a lot of things. Yeah. I, like, what did, we'll get to the Shen trade in just a minute. Uh, my hot take this week, it's... I just... Everyone, I can't say it enough. I love fighting, and I have a special place in my heart for enforcers. And the vigilantism of hockey is part of what drew me to it as a kid. Someone does something wrong, they immediately get punched in the face. I enjoy that about hockey. It's barbaric and wrong, but I love it. All right? (laughs) But enforcers are in no way, nor have they ever been, deterrents. Nobody, this this Ryan Wheat Reeves quote about the, the... the Penguins just traded a first-round pick, basically, for Ryan Reeves. They traded down 20 spots after the 31 to 51 for Ryan Reeves. And Ryan Reeves says, you go run one of my guys, you've got 230 pounds coming right back at you. Sometimes that makes guys think twice. Ugh. End quote. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it does not. Hockey is played at breakneck speed, and 99% of the quote-unquote dirty things that happen on the ice happen because there is zero time to think. So, like, most hits from behind happen because, like, a guy's just going for a hit and something happened. Like, three things went wrong, and someone ends up going headfirst into the boards. You didn't have enough time to react, let alone think, I'm playing the Penguins. The Penguins have Ryan Reeves, which means I'm not supposed to run somebody because they have this guy who's going to punch me. That thought has never crossed a single player in this league's mind Ever. And the Penguins at one point employed, you know, Steve Downey, George LaRock, a whole bunch of guys. Yeah, when they were bad. And then they got rid of those guys, and they got a good, deep forward core. And they started winning again. Crosby was concussed during those times, when they had guys who were just face punchers. Ryan Reeves does nothing to help the Penguins win. What are they solving? I understand that the Penguins believe... uh, Liberties are being taken with with their stars, and it's true, and I've said... On this show, like, there's something needs to be done about this forced parody through just ignoring the rules. Like, you're allowed to defend Crosby illegally because he's so much better than you. That should be taken out of the game. But to take it into your own hands and bring in Ryan Reeves, you made your team worse if you're dressing him every night. I, I, like, this this is pretty much my favorite thing that's happened this week, which is <laughs> amazing considering how many good things has happen, have happened. So, like, when this <laughs> trade was announced... At first, you're like, well, that's a stupid trade. Why would you do that? Because it's the rational response. I know. But then, like, every Penguins fan on the internet and every Penguins beat writer, they're all framing this trade as, we've been trying to play the game our way, and now we're going to play it the league's way. And it's like, but wait, you were playing it your way, (laughs) and you won two cups in a row in a cap era. Like, I sit here, and I think about this trade, and it's like, 
that scene in The Hangover with the numbers spinning around Zach <laughs> head. I'm like trying to figure out what they're talking about. What problem are you solving? You just won your second cup in a row. They've been to four cups since 08. They've won three, two in a row. What are they doing? What? Yeah, what? I don't <laughs> understand. What perceived issue was it that you were having? It's like unbelievable to me, and I cannot for the life of me wrap my brain around it. Like, I get if the Penguins, you know, after the afterglow of their cup kind of went away, and they took a step back and said, you know what? We won, and that's great. But we did get kind of lucky. You know, we probably need to improve our team if we want to have a good chance to do this again. I get that. That's probably the right way to look at it. But this was not the way you improve your team. They didn't do that. You improve your team by saying, hey, maybe we should go out and get another good defenseman in case Crystal Tang gets hurt again so we don't have major issues breaking out of our own zone. Maybe that's how you improve your team. You improve your team by getting a face puncher who's a below average fourth line winger. I think my favorite take that I saw, shout out to Mike Darnay, was that it's okay that they traded a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves because they don't need to build their team through the first round because they get super lucky in the later rounds with guys like Gensel and Sheary, and it's like... Mm. Maybe you shouldn't count on that continuing like, to happen. They just play with two top ten players, one the best I've ever seen. Like, right. my, like Mike, Mike, I adore you, but this was really bad. I don't think he listens. <laughs> he, he does. You know what? I bet he does. He does listen. It, Hi, it was... It, th- that was bad. Wasn't there this another is, take on lo- on the line that just, like ended with a Nazi comparison? Oh, yes. that yeah, was, oh that was fun. Maybe Good not stuff. something to draw attention I'm, to. Honestly, Ooh. I don't know what happens with Penguins fans, but they're honestly just the most fun group of people. Like your team, it's the French fries and mayo on their sandwiches is amazing. <laughs> it just messes with their heads. Yeah, yes. it's like why don't you for five minutes enjoy the fact that your team is unbelievable? Like, Imagine winning the cup seconds. and going out and getting Ryan Reeves. That's and then, hilarious. And then thinking about all the problems that you're fixing with that trade. <laughs> yeah, this made you better. Yeah, okay. This is going to... Sure. Again, I think the league does need to do something about how, like, you know, you can just slash Crosby on the hands, and that's legal. That's a problem. Because he's better than you. But, it, like, this isn't how you fix it. All right, <laughs> maybe not, we should worry about our okay, own team. Yes, no, we're going to worry about our own team. <laughs> we're going to get deep into this Braden Shen trade. Uh, they got Yuri Laterra as basically a cap... Issue throw in. Uh, they had to, he's got a similar salary. salary. I think it's 4.7 to Shen's uh, 5.1. So it was com- a comparable sa- yeah. salary to bring over to make the trade work. A first round pick, number 27. They got Morgan Frost in that spot. Uh, I had him as my number one second round target for the Flyers at where Did were you they? really? 44, I think. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and, at 44, I wouldn't have been upset. And a conditional first rounder, top 10 protected next year if it. If it does not convey, they get another third rounder in 2019 or something, 2018, whenever, whatever year it is. I don't know. And uh, that's the trade. Braden Shen for two firsts and Yuri Laterra. What do we think? I mean, I think that it's worth mentioning that Hextall pretty much said, I was had no thoughts of getting rid of Braden Shen, but they made this offer to me, and I was like, all right, let's go. I, I don't know how much I... Buy that. Like, did they move you. up to get this guy? I buy it to a degree. What do you mean? Did they move up? Didn't didn't they make the trade to get this Frost character? I don't believe this that this was the only reason. Like, I don't think they made the trade because they desperately wanted Frost, and this was a way to get Frost. I think they made the trade, and they were like, okay. This guy's on top of our board. I guess we're gonna take Morgan Frost. I I really don't think this was a trade made to get Morgan Frost. Because if it was, you have to recognize that as the Blues and be like. No, we're not giving up a second first rounder. You're nuts. Like, we'll give up some later conditional picks or something and or stretch out like a couple late round picks over the next couple of years. Yeah. There's no way 
I think it was more about the Blues getting Braden Shen. That's the thing. This trade seems to me more like the Blues really wanted Braden Shen but more I also, than the Flyers wanted to get rid of him. But I also don't buy... I, 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 I do agree that the Flyers... Did, didn't go into this draft saying we're going out of this draft without Braden Shen. Like that, that wasn't the goal. But I highly doubt that Hextall did not make it maybe quietly known that he was willing to to shed Braden Shen. Like I, I'm I sure. I'm, that's my guess. Like the, the guy just signed a five year contract, four year contract, f- four I believe, four year five mil, like per year. Why? Like why? Why is he the guy that you're like, you know what, I just signed you, has not even been a full year, but you gotta go. Because scoring wingers are not as valuable as like a two-way center or two first-round picks. It's just, I think it's just, they got great value for him, that's why they made the trade. I don't think they just dump Braden Shen to dump Braden Shen, because he's it's is, he might be a little overpaid considering his 5-on-5 production, but he's a useful, good player. Uh... I, I I don't have a problem with it. I think they got good value, and that's what makes it good. My guess, my guess is, and I think the reason, if I would, if I had to guess what the reason was, I think it's twofold. Number one, it was the fact that the Flyers, and we talked about this all year, the Flyers were atrocious at five on five as a team. And if you broke down the numbers, the worst by far top six forward on the Flyers at five on five was Braden Shen. Like you break down his numbers last year, they're horrific. And that's not to say that he's actually that bad. Like most likely he would have regressed back to career norms where he was a decent middle six forward at five on five, but he was horrendous last year. And if you look at this as, as Hextall saying, we need to get better at five on five, so dump the worst five on five forward in the core, that's Braden Shen. Number two, I also believe that he probably thinks, and this is the wild card of the whole thing, he probably thinks that in some way, with whether it's Lindblom, whether it's moving somebody around, that in some way he can replace Shen's power play production with someone. Now, who that is, I don't know. But my guess is that he believes that that production is replaceable, and the five-on-five production wasn't that good anyway, so you can probably replace that with even just Yuri Laterra. It's a shame all those games that the Flyers lost because they only scored power play goals. It's a shame. I mean, they did, but when they didn't score power play goals, they lost. That was Because the no one else on the team was scoring either. Like nobody. I agree, but when you have an offer th- like this for a guy that you think might be overvalued, you absolutely take it. I think the player that they got back is garbage. Based I think the, on the, based on his numbers and and the amount of money that he's making, I don't think he's that good. Oh, Yuri Lateri. Yeah. They, yeah, they brought him in b- to make the trade work. Yeah, St. Louis can't it, make it, the it, trade it's, work. It's a trash player. <laughs> We, I, he, we we took a salary dump for Braden Shen. Like that's a real no, real good trade. They Ron took Hextall. two first round picks and then Yuri Leter. Ron Hextall said it. Ron Hextall said out loud in this video that I have linked right here that we wanted two first round picks and then we took Leterra so the trade would work salary cap wise. And Leterra, like if you're looking at the trade as an equation, that that's sort of the way I I look at it. I know it's an extremely nerdy way to look at it, but like if you look at the trade as five on five production of Shen. Power play production of Shen on the Flyer side, and then you look at the the St. Louis side being five and five production of Laterra, power play production of Laterra picks. I really do believe that five and five production for Shen and five and five production for Laterra basically cancel each other cancel each other out. Like Laterra is not a very good player; he's probably a decent bottom sixer at best. But I think he's about as good as Shen is at five on five. Now Shen obviously is way better on the power play. I don't even want Laterra anywhere near power play two, no, let alone no. one. But the question is. 
are the two first round picks more valuable than the power play production that Shen would give you, accounting for the fact that someone else is going to take that power play product that, that power play role. Now they, that person probably won't be as good as Shen at the power play. Maybe, but probably not because Shen's very good on the power play. But does the drop off from Shen to whoever is that more valuable or less valuable than the two first round picks you picked up? Because that 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 in my mind is how you judge the trade. We thought that about Scott Hartnell's power play production. Like oh, the, like he he has his, he has the warts on his game, but what he does in that spot on the power play, and it turns out then at that point it was Kimo Timonen on the point. But if you have Ghost Giroux and Simmons, your power play will be successful. Like. It is. We'll see. It's a risk. It's an absolute risk. Oh, definitely. Because I don't buy. There's some people that that argue that, well, the fact that Hartnell did it and then Shen did it means that anybody can do it. I don't think that's the case. I think that the Flyers lucked out to have two guys in Hartnell and Shen that were both really good at a tough role. So I don't think it's that. But I do believe that the Flyers, with the talent they have, probably have someone who can at least be okay in that role, and then maybe then maybe Drew scores a little bit more on the power play, maybe Voracek scores a little bit more on the power play, and maybe you make up the difference. Maybe you don't, and that's the risk. If you don't, then next year you struggle because the power play is such a main driver of the goals on this team. If even strength doesn't get better and power play gets worse, then you're really banking on guys like Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom doing well, and you didn't have to do that if you would have kept Brayden Shen and let him rack up goals in the power play. That's the risk. Do you think that the obvious acknowledgement by the team that the power play needs some adjustment and some shaking up with the firing of the coach and the hiring of a new coach. Do you think that that, w- that led to a willingness to part with Shen? I wonder if Knobloch, if anything, ha- like what Knobloch, if anything, has to do with this. I wonder if Knobloch went to Haxtell, went to Hextall and basically said, I want to change up the power play to another formation. And in that formation, maybe Shen doesn't fit as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like th- this is all just kind of throwing, you know, yeah, throwing stuff at the wall. Speculation. But we won't know when, until the preseason yeah, what the power play yeah. is going to look like. Yeah, like when you change coaches, sometimes strategies get changed. And maybe the way they looked at it was maybe he's going to do what you've been saying, which is play a little bit more from below the goal line. And if that's the case, then maybe a pass from below the goal line of the slot's a little bit harder to pull off than the half boards of the slot. I don't know, but that's the kind of thing that it does make you wonder because he was so good on the power play this year and it's a lot of value. And Steph's 100% right when she says that power play goals are just as important as 5-on-5 five five Thank you. They, are, they absolutely are. Hmm. The difference between the two is that everyone has to play 5-on-5, five five, not everyone plays in the power play. So there are guys who maybe aren't getting power play minutes now on this team that could be good at it. They just haven't had the opportunity. And that's where maybe you pick up the loss. And with Nick Cousins gone, the Flyers are just going to draw fewer penalties. <laughs> That's. I mean, he, he played like forty oh, games, Kelly, man. Kelly, move over. He People played are like really 40 upset games. that they can't see you. Oh. No, that way towards Charlie. All right, so uh, the picket twenty-seven. No, no, that way. <laughs> the picket twenty-seven. Yep, there you are. Morgan yeah. Frost. Everyone wanted. Hi, everyone wanted uh, in the bar we were at. People were going nuts about Eli Tolvan and getting him there. But I wasn't done talking about Shen. Okay. Let it happen. Go on, Stephanie. Oh, the oh, shit. No, it was a really dumb point. <laughs> <laughs> the point was going to be he's being reunited with Craig Berube, who is now behind the bench in St. Louis. Uh, everyone at the bar we were at for the uh, BSH Radio draft party, which was 
an astounding success. Thank you so much to everybody. Yeah, seriously. Thanks for everyone that came out. Thank you to WIP. And everyone that watched on the on the everyone who watched on Facebook. We had such a good time. It was a great atmosphere. It makes us just want to do something again. Uh, We want to hang out with you guys more often. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And it's only going to get bigger from here. Uh, But everyone in the bar. Uh, the sound wasn't really on, and it was just come. Everyone was checking Twitter, seeing Braden Shen got traded. Flyers were on the board at twenty-seven, and Eli Tolvanen's name shows up on the television. <laughs> that screen. was painful because I really liked Tolvanen. Everybody liked Tol- the bar was chanting for him as soon as the Shen deal, and they were like, "We have twenty-seven, and you see Tolvanen sliding down." It was oh, they're getting him, and it, the graphic actually comes up on the screen, and then we take Morgan Frost. Yeah, was, is he a reach at twenty-seven? Yes. By the public numbers, absolutely. He's absolutely reached. He was a guy who was generally looked to be in the like 40 to 50 range. However, the one thing that everyone said going into this draft was that once you got past like 20, like 20 to 60, the, yeah. everyone was just kind of thrown in this big bucket and it just came down to whatever team liked there, whatever guy there best. There were a whole lot of guys who were just basically second round picks. My, my, my problem with it, though, is that Tolvan, in, in my mind, was in the first 20. And that's why I wanted him because he slipped. But... Maybe there's, I guess there's concerns there. So, I, so I, I heard something very interesting this morning on NHL Network Radio. Um, Jeff Merrick from Puck Daddy was on, and uh, he was saying that apparently Minnesota was going really, really hard trying to get a first-round pick specifically to draft Morgan Frost, which, I mean, is, you know, anecdotal. They might like him for a certain reason, whatever, but it makes me feel a little bit better knowing that there was another team out there who thought this guy was a first round pick and that we didn't really reach that far down. Uh, do you believe that to be true? Which part that Minnesota was going for him? Yeah, I think so. I don't know why you would say that if it wasn't Mer- true. Merrick's pretty pretty reliable yeah. in general. Uh just quick rankings cuz I lo- I uh when I did a radio show a couple weeks ago somebody asked me like, "Hey, like just look up some later round guys for us." And so like I started doing some research on the later rounds a little earlier than I normally do and uh Hockey News had Frost at 39, ESPN had him at 53, TSN at 38, uh, NHL Central Scouting had him 31st North American Skater, and ISS Hockey had him at 72. So were those rankings done before or after the Combine? Because he he did really well at the Combine. I believe they were final like post-Combine rankings. Okay. Yes. And plus, I don't really care that much about the Combine. Th- like, it's really important to do pull-ups. Really? <laughs> yeah. Unless you're Casey Middlestock. But <laughs> yeah. seriously, like, the, the Combine to me is... I think we talked about this a couple shows ago. To me, the combine, the two most important things are interviews and what your height and weight are. But uh, Eli Tolvanen, means something to do really, really well at many, many. I mean, it's kind of it means something. It's kind of neat, but like I mean, I as, don't know. As an athlete, it's kind of important to be athletic. You would think like, that's I, kind. That's kind of a thing. Hockey athleticism is so like I feel like there's so few things that translate. Like Phil yeah. Kessel looks like me. He's amazing. He doesn't look like you. (laughs) I've I've seen your hands, and you don't have silky mitts, my friend. (laughs) Do you like hot dogs, though? I do. Yeah, I am. Who doesn't? Uh, Yeah, but Tolvan and no, all the ranks I mentioned earlier, he was between basically seven and seventeen. So he was just a much hot, more highly thought of prospect than Morgan Frost. Yeah, Uh, he ended up falling to thirtieth. Yeah, Nashville got him. I love that pick. That's one thing I do want to bring up though about Tolvan, and Tolvan is a guy I liked a lot. Um, partially because I like the skill set, I like the stats. Why did he fall? But so it seems like he fell number one because there's concerns about his defense. Number two because there's some like I think concerns about his. I wouldn't go as far as to say character. Like I don't think anybody believes he's a bad dude. 
but there's concerns maybe about his work ethic. He didn't. Uh, he's lazy. He, he wasn't deemed academically eligible for, I believe, Boston College. I think was where he was going. And granted, like whatever. I don't really care if you're <laughs> academically eligible. School. Not, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not, play school. I don't play school. But it may be something that raises some red flags with teams where it's, you just think. Man, it's really easy to get in, you know, to be academically eligible when your school is giving you a scholarship. Like, dude, did you study at all? It's like maybe it's a maybe it's a work ethic thing. Still, the one issue that I have with Hextall and like a roster development standpoint that I wonder if this is playing into it. So if you remember last year, last year the Flyers had a chance at Kiefer Bellows at their pick, who was another sniper, high volume shooting prospect. They traded down, they got Rupstoff. This year, they have a shot at Tolvanen, who's the same type of guy. They take Morgan Frost, who's another, you know, two-way kind of guy. I'm wondering, like, do the Flyers not value guys who like to shoot the puck, forwards who like to shoot the puck? Because <laughs> oh, Valtteri Filppula and, and Yuri Laterra are two of the least frequent forward shooters in the NHL. And I'm kind of wondering, like... Are we ever going to bring in a forward who actually likes to shoot the puck? No. Like, because that, that's especially with Hackstall, with how much he tells his forwards to pass back to the friggin' point. Like, forwards got to shoot the puck because you can't have defense taking all the shots because point shots never go in the net unless you get lucky, you get a bounce, or you get a deflection. And it seems like on at both the NHL level and on the prospect level, he's avoiding guys that like to take shots, and that's a little concerning to me. Oh, scoring's bad. Scoring seems good. Well, they only care about play drivers. Scoring think, is bad. Well, it's not play drivers. It's playmakers. It seems like he's building a team of passers. Like, you can be a play driver and be a shooter. It, it's not like all shooters are bad play drivers. It's that if you build a team entirely made up of passers and playmakers, you know, yeah, you'll be in the offensive zone a lot, but, like, somebody's got to shoot. And if nobody on the forwards are shooting, then only the defense is shooting, and then no, nothing's going in the net because defensemen don't score that much. So we're building a team that would do very well in the Corsi Hockey League. It would do very well in the Corsi Hockey League. They wouldn't get the shots, though. They would prevent a lot of shots, they'd but they'd have not a lot of possessions. Yeah. Uh, I think scoring wingers, you can go and buy... I can feel you like though? Yeah. Those who? are the guys you go and get later. Like you get. You, yeah. Who is a good? I mean, question. I guess you're you're looking at like who and they for trade how it, much? Like, L.A. traded for Jeff Carter, but like that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Like if you were gonna get a a play a goal scoring winger this year in free agency, who would it be? Then I mean, like, yeah, like a Thomas Vanek, a guy like that. Those are the, but he's awful at everything else. Yes, but those are the guys you... Exactly. Most scoring wingers are scoring wingers. And you go out and get them as a final piece. You don't bring them in. Like, oh, they God, don't these do... The, these, these are the people that are happy with getting rid of Braden Shen. Like, the, this, these, these are the people? The, the guy who scores the goals. We're, we want to bring in Thomas Vanek. No, I don't... I'm giving him as an example of a player that teams brought in like at trade deadlines to score goals because if you remember like the year Michael Raffle play he's a what fourth line player the year no, he third, played with, oh my God. the Maybe, year he pro- ideally probably a third line player on a great team the year he played with Giroux and Voracek he scored 21 goals he's in 67 games Giroux and Voracek for three years okay. he's been playing on the top line next to Giroux and Voracek for three years Michael Raffle has yes okay what Michael Raffle are you watching <laughs> All right. He's had a lot of time on the first. He has, he has not recently. That's why we value him so much. What highly. are you saying not recently? He broke his leg so he was out for half the season. All right. But the rest of the season he was with Giroux and Voracek s- on the top line. When? He bounced around. The he, whole he, season. 
did. He, he, he spent some. He spent some. He time spent on the top time line. there. He wasn't like a staple there. Yes, he was. A couple years ago, yes. This year, no, right. he, he wasn't on the top line all year because he, he got injured. Yeah, but even before then, he was bouncing around. He, How he, much? I, I, if I had internet, I would look up on stats.hockeyanalysis.com and see how many minutes Hold Drew on, spent. Hockey. Tell me what he I'm scored for. 21 goals as a Got utility it. player. That's the idea: is that if you create enough space with your playmakers, somebody else can score. That's the whole idea. Well, now we're it. looking this up. Yeah, Bill, keep talking. I want to find <laughs> this. <laughs> Vamp until we get the stats, folks. All right. And the... Uh, what's I don't know what I'm looking for. I'll find it. Don't Thank worry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what there, I wanted to There get are to. a lot of buttons, and the none s- of them lead to Michael Roffel. The scout quotes about... Uh, you. I did have this uh, weird here. I cleared it up, Charlie. The scout quotes about Morgan Frost kind of get to what you were saying, Charlie. Uh, smart playmaker shows a high level of patience with the puck and an ability ability to distribute it another scout said he's very skilled he does his best work on the power play the tools are unquestioned but he's one of those guys who should be doing more than he does five on five see that made that made me laugh i was like what so we got brayden shen again (laughs) and he's a really good all-around player who hasn't shown me he's elite at anything so he's just a guy he's jonathan taves Hot damn! One of the so he's one of the top 100 players of all time Perfect. in the history of the league. Correct. Okay, so so Giroux, so Raffle spent Raffle had 673 minutes of time on ice this year, and 461 of those minutes were with Giroux. So he spent a good bit of time with Giroux, but it wasn't like he wasn't like he was joined at the hip for the entire year. And how many games? Did so you shit! I miss I miss what you said because someone was calling me obnoxious on Facebook. It was about about two thirds of Raffle's minutes this year were spent with Giroux. But again, like that's not the entire season. That's a it's good. It's a good part. It's a good part of the season. He bounced around, and Giroux had a different guy than Voracek on his wing a lot of the season. Yeah, Voracek did spend a lot of time with Couturier. They were on that Konechny line. I was all my only point was when those three were a line, when it was a set line. Raffle scored twenty one goals, and by no measure is he a guy you check off as a 20 goal scorer in the NHL. Look, I'm not saying That's that like all. I'm not saying that playmakers can't create, can't turn decent players into goal scorers. They absolutely can. That's the point of a playmaker. Look at Sidney Crosby and whoever he plays with scores 25 goals a way. year. Yeah, but what I am saying is that at some point somebody's got to shoot the puck. A yeah. forward has to shoot the puck, and I'm a little concerned that Hextall does not value forwards who shoot the puck. That worries me a little bit, and it wouldn't worry me based on what he's doing at the NHL level, because, like, whatever. You get pieces, you get players when you can, you make trades when, when you can. He hasn't really dived in free agency yet, so we don't really know who he goes after in free agency. The reason why I worry about it a bit is because the best way we know to understand who Hextall likes as players is by his drafting. And this is two straight years that he has re- his passed on a guy, a high-volume shooter, for a two-way guy. And the Flyers' prospect pool has literally... Every single other archetype, except a high-volume shooter, maybe Wade Allison falls in that bucket, but even he's, like, not really a sniper. He's just the best, the the closest thing they have to a high-volume shooter. Limblom gets a lot of pucks around the net, but you wouldn't consider, he's more of a down-low guy than than a shooter, No, I I believe his Swedish stats, like, and granted, I think the the SHL kind of undercounts shots on goal. But his goal scoring numbers were mostly due to a very high shooting percentage, not because he took a ton of shots, okay. because he scores a lot of goals in close, which makes sense. All right, that does make sense. All right, so uh, just overall grade the trade. We'll start with Steph. 
no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that this this trade makes the 2017-18 Flyers worse. I, I question Ron's assessment of veteran-level talent. Um, sure, they got two first-round picks, but I don't like who they took with the first-round pick, so, or the first first-round pick. I don't like it at all. I'm okay. not giving it a grade. Kelly? I'm going to say uh, B, only because it would have been nice to be able to get a serviceable player in that salary dump portion of the trade rather than just a stupid jerky Laterra. But, um, you know, it had to be done, so B. What do we expect? Uh, where Charlie, give your grade first. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm going to say B for now, but... I do believe it's contingent. Like I'll say B, but it could be a C if they have if they legitimately have no one who can even remotely approximate Shen's power play production. And it's an A if they find out they actually have someone who can basically mimic it. Yeah, if Lindblom scores twenty five goals this year, great trade. Could have had Shen and Lindblom, but then Lindblom doesn't get the power play time and he doesn't score those goals. It's about it's just there's, there's a only, second power play. There's only so. Do you want the second power play on the ice? I mean, I mean, we, we want them to be pretty year. good. Maybe I'll be better. Yeah. I want the first unit to get two full minutes, and then someone else be yeah, good at five on five. Then they'll be dead. Yeah, that sounds bad. Like Ovechkin plays two full minutes, but that's because he literally doesn't move. He just stands in his spot and waits for somebody to pass in the puck so he can blast it, and that's the only way he can survive two minutes. That's you get tired. Russian yeah. machine never breaks. Just, just someone else be good at five on five. That top unit is there to be at anyone. They have to be there. They have to be at twenty five percent for this team to compete, unless they seriously. Well, that can't be the way forward. No, but for this year, <laughs> I'm talking about this year, and okay. I honestly don't believe this year matters all that much. I that was my next question: is with the Shen trade, they'll never ever use this word. No one in this organization can use this word because Ed Snyder's ghost still haunts the organization. And if they were to use it, he would curse them. But are they rebuilding? They have been. Well, is, are we? Is it? Are we no. really not acknowledging? I don't that? think they, they're rebuilding. No, I don't think they're rebuilding. I think that they they were for a couple years, but I definitely don't think that they are now. Why would you trade Braden Shen if you're not? Because he is a guy. I they, don't know. They, like literally, I don't know. Which they, is why we're here. I have no idea. Downgrades them. It definitely downgrades them for this season. They unless they, a rookie steps not, up. Not in they a guaranteed already, way. They already had their prospects that they were bringing up that were cooking in the AHL. They were not rebuilding going into this draft. They lucked into number two because we've been middling for the last couple of years, but the Flyers have been on the upswing. And then they got Nolan Patrick, which is friggin' awesome. And then they trade Braden Shen and make the team worse immediately. I have no idea what they're doing. But is it guaranteed to be worse? Yes. But well, yes, where are you going to make well, where are you yeah, going to make that back it, 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 it depends on the power play production. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Charlie said, someone could step up into his role I, I, th- and no, perform. It makes it worse. I, I cannot. Well, we don't know that for sure. No, I do know that for sure. Who who is going to score 30 goals? I don't know because somebody, no one no one has done it in the past could, because he was doing it. Well, so we, because he is really good. He's not really yeah, I'm good not going to argue that, but I'm saying that he was doing the 30 goal scoring on the power play, and now there's a void there, and someone could possibly, maybe, step into that role and score 30 the goals. The way that the statistics look right now, historically, the team is going to be worse. I think it's it's likely that there's no one that can replace what Shen provided on the power play, but we'll have to wait and see because. 
that and that's why like even though I kind of said that you can't judge a trade based on like the outcome of the picks, I do think you can judge a trade based on how you evaluated the players that are left. And this is a situation where they're you don't trade Braden Shen if you don't think there's someone that could step into that role. You, you just you don't because it's just dumb. Unless uh, they're completely retooling the power play. True. Yeah, Which unless, could they're, also unless they're be changing a thing. There's entirely. like a lot yeah. the thing is like there's absolutely no way for us to judge this trade as I, successful or not and on a 100% level until we see what Knobloch's going to do, what whatever player that steps into Shen's role is going to do. There's just a lot of question marks that we simply can't answer until the season starts. Does this put pressure on Hextall to either re-sign Jordan Wheel or go out and get a veteran who yes. can somehow replicate uh, Shen's production. I think he already had pressure to sign Jordan Wheel. I think because they want to sign Jordan Wheel now. They're the, taking their sweet time doing now, so. I mean, does I that, thought it was going to be done as so soon I. as the expansion draft was over. Now, it worries me that it's not. Does done. that mean that if they don't sign Jordan Wheel, they're going to go out and sign a veteran? I don't think so. I, I really don't because they already have too many forwards. Yes. So I just don't see how why they would go out there and sign somebody. It just doesn't make sense to me. I guess you have the space and the flyers are the flyers, so they like to use use the cap space, but I don't think so. The concerning thing about Laterra is that he was joined at the hip with uh, Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko yeah. and mm. still didn't put up points. I, concerning. I think, think Laterra slots in as like a fourth line center or possible scratch or AHL demotion. Bound. Yeah, AHL bound. I don't think he really factors into the plan a whole lot. Uh, at best, maybe he's a fourth line center. But do, do the Blues plan on using Braden Shen at center? That's what they're saying. They're saying that. Because he has failed there. And truthfully. You know, He's it, never had Tarasenko. You, you know, in all honesty, I don't think Braden Shen could be worse at center of Tarasenko than Laterra. Like, maybe he just, sure, yeah, so, not. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's the kind of what they're looking at. I don't think it's going to stick. I don't think Braden Shen's skill set fits best at center. I think he's eventually going to end up at wing. I mean, let's, but let's, let's, give also, it a shot. let's also remember his last head coach is an assistant coach there. Craig Berube is going to know Braden Shen is not good at center because it failed with Craig Berube. Maybe, but then why would they spend the next three days after the trade in every single press release saying that they view him as a center? And I think when you, for their fans, I think when you have Tarasenko, like it can mask some of your deficiencies. Oh, hundred percent. He's one and of if, the five best forwards in hockey. Yeah, in my regardless opinion. of which position he plays. Having Shen first in on the forecheck, digging pucks out of corners and just throwing them out to Tarasenko, he's going to have a good year there. I don't have a doubt in my mind that Braden Shen is going to have success with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the only thing I wonder, I I, I could see him being better at 5-on-5, five five, especially if he's paired with Tarasenko. Yeah. I don't know if he replicates his power play success with it the would Blues. Be, it would be tough just because I think he'll still be good on the yeah. power play. I just I think scoring that, seventeen power play goals yeah, and like leading I, the league is a lot. I think Braden Shen is a very good power play forward who is in the perfect position for Braden Shen yes. on this power play. I don't know if they will replicate the exact way it was set up for Braden Shen next and year. And you're looking to get Drew is looking to get the puck a lot into the slot. The Blues are looking to get the puck onto the stick of Vladimir Tarasenko Which because makes he's sense. one of the best scorers in the entire league. Uh, quickly on this trade Giroux stuff that popped up. Oh God, it never uh, ends. It never really ends, and I get like because I was on the trade Giroux bandwagon, and now I think there is no way to get value, and it makes no sense. Nope. But Bob McKenzie brought it up, so people are listening, and as they should. Bob McKenzie's pretty good at his job. Uh. The Flyers' approach, however, appears to just be common sense. Uh, we're listening. Your offer probably isn't going to be very good. 
Yeah. Eight, Fair. Eight yeah. 8.25, right, is his uh, cap hit for like six more years or something. Five. Five eight. more years. Uh, declining numbers. Uh, Five-on-five five production has taken, taken a hit. I like Claude Giroux. I think, you know, the Flyers might not have a 1C, but with Giroux, Patrick, and Couturier, they have three number twos, and that's... Yeah. You know. And let's not forget, and then, he's and, got, and then hopefully Patrick becomes. A yeah, one and two. if he becomes like Eric Stahl, awesome. But uh, like, and I, he's got the no move clause, which yes, lowers his value. And the no move clause. How do you get him to waive it? The Flyers might have to cover some cost. At what point is that cost too high? Is this like it's not a realistic no. possibility, right? I don't think no. I don't think there's any way he gets traded this off season. I really believe, and I think this was the undercurrent in that article that I quoted both Mackenzie and Elliot Friedman, probably the two best in the business was sort of that they're testing the waters because if, let's say, Nolan Patrick goes out this year and absolutely kills, kills it, it yeah. and by the end of the year, like, he's just looking like a 1C. Like, right off the bat, he's a 1C. Then Drew is the 2C in terms of minutes, and the Flyers start thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe we start to build our team around Nolan Patrick mm. rather than Claude Drew, and then you possibly make a move. That kills me I'm, because... I'm, pictu- I'm picturing this now, and I'm smiling, the Nolan Patrick being really yes. good. I, oh, no, that's the best part, but I just... I remember in 2010 what made the Flyers so good. Absolutely blue line. Uh, the, their no, top having, four, having three centers. The top four yeah. in their blue line. But being able to roll those three centers yeah. that they did out there is why they got to the Stanley Cup final. I want that again, and if they were to trade Drew, like... That ruins the whole plan. Yeah, that's the thing. In like, my he, mind, he's making one C money, but is it really so bad to have Nolan Patrick as your one C making essentially entry level money and Drew as your two C? Yes, is that nope. really so bad? It's, nope. it's not. But the concern is, is that if Drew is a two C now, and if we've decided, I, I haven't even decided that Drew is absolutely a two C. I could see him bouncing back a five on five next year and continuing to be a great power play guy. But if he's a two C now, and that's just who he is, then in three years, is he a three C making eight million dollars? Is he a four C making eight million dollars? Like that's why, as if you're the Flyers and you say we're building around Patrick, let's move Drew while he still is valuable and build around Patrick. That, I, that that's like, the logic. I know this team at some point is going to need veterans. I know at some point. There's a risk of Wayne Simmons getting traded or just not being here because he gets overpaid in free agency. Yeah. Like who are I know I come on this show all the time. We all agree like the C on the sweater is an overrated thing, but I don't want to be the organization that trades their captain all the time. I would Fair. also Fair. like I don't want to be that team I, anymore. The, the first question I got from our friend Dylan, not Dylan from Broad Street Hockey, but Dylan from Eagles Twitter was how long until we see the C on Nolan Patrick's chest? And I was like, I am <laughs> never. Not, hopefully, I am not. not playing this game with you. Future because- captain is a is a phrase I never want to hear again. Yes, yeah, never. Like what you're saying is that Claude Giroux is no longer going to be with the team, and I am still dealing with my brain. Yeah. Shen- I hope Giroux is 40 and gets another contract here. Yeah, that'd be he awesome. He doesn't fall off too much. He's just like a guy who can always run your power play. Perfect. Yeah, and like- you know what? If Nolan Patrick does step up into the 1C role, G's numbers are going to get better. Because he's yeah. going to be yes. facing lesser competition. Yep. He's, he's not going to be targeted by every single bigger dude yes. on the ice. This, there's nothing bad that can and come from can this. And you can start to use Giroux in the situations where he's better in. Like, you remember something that was great about Claude Giroux? He was a really fun penalty killer. And we were just like, we need him so badly everywhere else, we just can't use him there. Like, imagine him being Marion Hossa. And it's like, oh, we got other guys. So, you know, uh, hopefully he's not allergic to his equipment. But <laughs> Yikes. Maybe like- we can. 
can throw him on the PK again. Too Maybe soon. we can use Nolan Patrick in that 1C role, and we can use Drew in the role he was in when we went to the cup final as an extra guy who was just good. Yeah, why do we always want to get is, rid of like good things? Yeah, is that like we a can real have more thing? than one good thing. The, the being allergic to your equipment. Like Supposedly. I know I know that that's a that's a thing <laughs> that's happening, but is it real medically? I believe I, so. It's it sounds I, like it is. It, as bizarre it's as it sounds. So, it's I read just something so that it's like yeah, it's, something it's so is causing him to get like a staph infection. I read like some oh, whole staph theory about it. All I know is that Charlie was reading from Twitter in an elevator in Lynn, <laughs> Las Vegas, and I was very drunk coming back from Uh-oh. the Adidas launch party. So I kind of remember this conversation. No, I was dog sitting on your couch laughing my ass off. <laughs> like, there's no way this is a thing, but I will say there are few things on this planet. I'm pretty sure that my, the bottom of my garbage containers are cleaner than my hockey equipment. Like yeah, that stuff gross. is gross. Yeah. I mean, from what was what was explained was that if he's had it for a few years, but the it, medication it, is killing. He really him. got yeah. bad this year, and he has to take steroids. And they basically told him like, you can't keep taking this medication for another three, this four isn't years. This is a long term yeah, thing. Like this yeah. is this is a short term thing. If you keep taking the same medication, you will die. And mm. it's like okay, yeah, well no, we maybe you should that. retire. And we okay. can't. Throw, <laughs> yeah, in right. terms of cap circumvention, cap circumvention. We we cannot throw stones. Hosa signed that deal the same year that Pronger did, and hey, we did whatever. a lot of we did a lot of gymnastics to get through that Pronger contract. Of course, he had a legitimate eye injury, one of the scariest things I ever saw on the ice, and and it's not something that's happening behind closed doors like Hosa's thing is. Yeah, and I guess the difference between the Pronger and the Hosa thing, and don't get me wrong, like I I do believe that Hosa's. I don't think the Blackhawks are making this up, but the difference between the Pronger and the Hosa thing is that Hosa is in decline, and the Blackhawks want him gone. Yes. The Flyers were destroyed by losing Chris Pronger. Like Seriously. this wasn't a situation it's a where hole they, they haven't dug themselves. Yeah. it looks like yeah. maybe just now they dug themselves out of that hole because Ivan Provorov exactly. looks like the man. They had to build their farm system. Like, oh shit, we lost Chris Pronger and suddenly went from Stanley Cup contenders to borderline playoff team. Yeah, like the whole plan was Chris Pronger yeah. was going to follow the same path that Zdeno Char is following in Boston, where yep. he goes from being one of the three best defensemen in the game to, ju- to just a good first yep. pair of defensemen. That was the plan this whole time. It was not that they were going to park him on long-term IR. He just couldn't even leave his house for two years. Yeah, no, concussions are scary, it turns out. So there, this is unrelated to anything that we're talking about <laughs> right now. Oh? So you know that guy in Colorado that everybody everybody's crazy about saying that the Flyers need to trade for him immediately? Oh, is this that guy named Duchesne? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that guy. That guy, that guy. Do you know how many points he had this year? Is it less it than It wasn't Braden very Shen? good. He had a really he had bad, a year. bad year. It is less than Braden Shen. He had 41 points wow. this year. Braden Shen had 55. I Do you would... know how many they both had last year? Did he have less than Braden Shen? They were actually at the same 59 oh. points. Oh, no. I wouldn't surrender. If, if there was a... Yeah, I wouldn't surrender a ton of assets for Matt Duchesne. I really wouldn't. And I don't he's, love He's 26. Him. He'll be yeah. 27 during the season. It, it seems very clear the, that Duchesne was like totally turned off by the awful season Colorado had, and it seems like he just kind of put it in neutral for the last 20, 30 games of the year. Absolutely, without a doubt. I just don't don't love him, and 
Like I've seen uh, the whole reason I asked about the rebuilding with uh, with the Shen trade is because the Drew stuff came up, and I just don't see a reason to go get a twenty seven year old forward when you could have just as easily kept Braden. Like yeah. it doesn't make sense. No, I, I don't see how Duchesne makes sense for the Flyers, other than the fact that I do like him as a player. I just don't know why the Flyers would go that route. Let us get now to the main event. Hey yo, the draft picks. <laughs> have we have we been on the air for an hour before it's, we uh, even get there? No, we're at forty nine. We're at like forty nine ish minutes. Okay. I said we're right. going to go long tonight because we have a I lot know. of stuff to get to, and next week free agency will already have started. Justin Williams will probably be a flyer. Oh, uh, God. We'll, oh, God. <laughs> we we, we'll we might we'll get, get to, to that. that. We'll get to that. All right. The Flyers draft pick, seven forwards, one goalie, one defenseman, uh, You know, headliner, number two pick, Nolan Patrick. The place went wild. Smith's in Center City for our draft party was it a was madhouse. Incredible. We just We just turned our microphones to the crowd because there was no way we could... Steph and I couldn't yell over the crowd noise. <laughs> and, and, like, and I'm an, it, like, if you're watching on Facebook, you we're can not see quiet. him an inch from my microphone. I yell. We couldn't hear each other, so we just were like, yeah, let the crowd tell the story. It, it was it was nuts. Like, was there, there were definitely periods Woo! of time that, even with our headphones, we couldn't hear yeah. ourselves or each other. And definitely not with Patrick Hudson. selected. You, there was absolutely no way. Have you seen some of like the like self shot like oh, cell I've phone videos? Them. I've seen them. There I'm going. A, I'm going to compile a post for Broad Street Hockey audible, with all of the videos. And there is an audible trade Giroux in the middle of oh, God, in the God. middle of all of it. And oh, I'm pretty Jesus. sure uh, my buddy Frankie was on a bachelor party uh, with some of his roommates and his roommates. Do we are, have a bachelor party at our at our party? We had a bachelor That's party cool. at that our party. Cool. That's awesome. They're all they're all like. Uh, they're all Flyers Facebook people, like Trade Giroux people, too. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> I take are it they, back. Are they in our cool. comments right now? <laughs> I assume they probably are. But, yeah, there was an audible Trade Giroux in that's the middle amazing. of all of it. But the Flyers got Nolan Patrick. Uh, somebody say this negative thing that's in here in the outline about it. About you know, Wait, what was about, the negative thing? About Dave Hagstall. Oh, I'll say it since I wrote it down. Oh, yeah, it's in <laughs> um, green. It's Kelly's. Someone on Twitter mentioned um, that when I said that I was – kind of hoping that Patrick would be our number two C to start the season. But um, someone mentioned that, you know, oh, yeah, we have a coach who wouldn't play Travis Konechny for a single second in the third period, and he's going to give Nolan Patrick meaningful minutes in, in a game. And it, it made me think at first I was like, oh, yeah, right. But then I was like, oh, no, wait. Mm. Maybe Dave Hextall would do something like that because he didn't he's an do it idiot. to Provorov. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. But That's did, did Provorov get meaningful minutes in the third period? Oh, yeah. Did Provorov get time in overtime? Yeah. Later in, in the season. I was saying the beginning of the season. Wait, was that, were you talking about Provorov or Connect? Provorov. No, Provorov, yeah, absolutely. Provorov was getting. Was getting but there are also fewer defensemen quickly. on the team to choose from. He can't. He can't throw just, Brutus out there. I, I remember Andrew McDonald a lot more. Like I don't remember at the end of a game being out there at a all. Lot of I'm talking about over, overtime now. No, yeah. no, no. Provorov definitely got a lot of overtime. Listen, I mean, Ghost got the most, but Provorov I think was like second. Just because we like a guy doesn't mean there are deficiencies in his games. And coaches bench players. Like guys get benched. It happens. Sometimes it's warranted. I know we don't want to believe. Oh no, it. sometimes it is, and then sometimes it's also not. Some, sometimes <laughs> when it's the only, only coaching coachable tool you have it's a fucking problem also Maybe when you're only teaching lessons to a certain number of players and you're letting other players play like absolute horseshit and continue to get their minutes but i listen, have a bit of a problem look what it. happened andrew mcdonald was exposed which means Scott that there's a disconnect between the coach and the GM. Which just means that Hextall is not as crazy as Dave Hextall. Pierre so. Belmar Th- That's left. reassuring. It is Vandeville reassuring. Yeah. wasn't re-signed. Those guys were just space fillers. So Last good. year didn't matter. That the coach leaned on. Like, 
I have. Has anybody checked on Dave Haxtall recently? Has anybody like asked <laughs> him if interested. he's okay since Belmar went to Vegas? Like, has anybody checked in on the dude? No, 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 no. one, nobody. Well, okay, probably right, at home I don't have his cell phone. He was at the draft, and he seemed functional. I guess. I mean, uh, maybe Facebook's he just got done crying. He has the same face. What in Facebook. every situation? Yeah. Trying to reconnect. That is true. Oh. Uh-oh. I do believe, though, that uh, that Patrick again. will get a lot of minutes as long as he makes the team, and I think he will. And that's just because I believe his defensive game is pretty solid already. I, I don't think he's going to be a guy who Haxtell gets especially frustrated with. I could be wrong. You never know. But it, it seems to me in watching him, him play, I, I've watched a few of his games before back when he was with Proveroff. I watched a, a pretty extensive clips of him going into this draft as well. He does not strike me as a Konechny where Konechny is like always thinking offense only all the time. Not that that's bad. I want Travis Konechny to be an offensively skilled guy, but I get why coaches might think, hey, maybe if you want to round out your game, you should work on the defense. I don't think Patrick has a ton of work to do, at least in terms of his, you know, kind of his mentality once he, once he gets on the ice. He might make mistakes, but it's not going to be because he blew the zone. Yeah. You know what really bothers me, though? The fact that we essentially got the consensus number on overall pick this year, and we have to have this conversation because the fact of the matter is it could happen yeah. that Dave Haxtell will not give this kid the minutes that he deserves. I don't think it will if he's good enough. That's, well, I if hope he plays not, but well I don't... enough, I don't see it happening. But is it out of the realm of possibility with this coach? I don't think it is, and, and that bothers me. It's also not out of the realm of possibility that he's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, I hope he is, but... It does, I will say, fair. as Charlie was saying, like, yes, I do, I do want Travis Connecting to round out his game. It does frustrate me that not just Hackstall, but the vast majority of coaches at all levels of hockey say you need to play a 200-foot game if you're a an offensive creator. Meanwhile, you never have to cross the red line if you are a defensive player. Which exactly. is which is one of the reasons for the comment that I made months ago about how traditional hockey people are much more accepting of you if you're a zero-dimensional player than yes. if you're a really good one-dimensional yes. yep. player. Hence our frustration all season, why we dedicated the majority of this show to hating Chris Vandevelde. Right. Not only <laughs> not only was he bad on offense, he really didn't help you on defense either. That's a zero-dimensional okay. player. We already, we already got into the late uh, first-round pick that they traded for in Morgan Frost. So Isaac Ratcliffe, if they, big boy. Uh, if they overdrafted, uh, if they overdrafted Frost, there's a real argument to be made that Isaac Ratcliffe fell, and that's why they moved up to get him. Uh, there was uh, there was a good quote from John Chaka that uh, the is Arizona, that how you say his name? I believe so, Chaka. Uh, that uh, Hextall overpaid to get from 44 to 35, and he surrendered. Uh, you know, he swapped seconds and gave up a third and a fourth as well. But they must really love this guy. Uh, he is a monster, big boy. Needs I to work, like it. Needs to work on his <laughs> skating and get stronger, but as a prospect, uh, first-round talent. Everything I've read is first-round overall skill. I guess he's a guy they just they wanted to add because they didn't have anyone quite like him in the pool. We've talked about a lot, and I'm not saying that this is the plan because he's a project. He's probably going to take you know four to five years before he hits the NHL. Maybe less than that, but it, four, I would say, is probably fair for these type of project players. Look at Sam Moran. Yeah. We've talked about how Wayne Simmons, you know, depending upon how his contract situation goes, where the Flyers are at, maybe it won't make sense for them to resign him. This is a guy who, by all accounts, is a great net front presence, 
he is a pretty darn good skater for his size, and he has soft hands around the net. Like, is this the kind of guy you have in your pipeline just in case maybe in four years you got to replace a Wayne Simmons? That's the uh, the most encouraging quote I read about him uh, is that you're from a scout is you're not looking at a guy who's skating you have to overhaul. I'd say 80 to 85% of his deficiencies are related to strength. He's a project without the scary part of a project being attached to it. it so seem, he's 6'6", like... Six, like 180. Yeah. He just needs to bulk up and play at his size and really like develop. He's 6'6"? Six, six. He's six, a five, yeah. Six, six. yeah, he's like 6'5 and, and a half or something. Yeah. No, I, think, I, I don't think he's that oh, skinny. Honey. I think he's like 190. 195. Yeah. 195. I mean, still. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our our baby boy Nolan Patrick is six two and two hundred pounds. Yeah, like this is this, this guy is a lank who needs to bulk up. All right, and which awesome. is easily done. Yeah. Eat and work out, bro. You're in Philly now. Guess what? It won't be that hard to put on weight. We got great we food. got you. Come to Bomb Bomb. Eat some eat Come some to crabs and spaghetti. All you can eat crab night with us. Yeah. we're just we'll inviting everyone to all you can eat crab night. Nolan Patrick's night. coming. Only people that we like. Well, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, all the uh, only only our large adult sons <laughs> that were drafted this year, except for. Whoever this Frost character is. <laughs> this Frost Ford, character, Ford you're going to be Frost. calling him. Well, let me tell you. I can't wait till he's better than Braden Shen and you still hate him. <laughs> I, I'm go- I will. I will hate him forever. <laughs> know that. Know that. Um, I was probably three hours after the trade had occurred thinking that the Flyers had drafted Tolvanen. Like it, it was it was hours. It was on it was on the screen. That was that the thing. Was. There was no that was the thing in the bar we were at. There it was, was no sound hour. and the like the graphic came up on the screen, Eli Tolvan. Well, you, you, guys started, you guys started yelling that Braden Shen had been traded, and you I walked out, out. You were outside and I walked everyone out. bombarded you. No, Charlie had told me inside <laughs> okay, and I left okay. the bar. And then people were in my face outside. But anyway, to go back Come to, to all-you-can-eat crabs. To go, <laughs> to go back to Ratcliffe, I, I noted that in, this in my observations of the draft that I posted today. I'm not ultra thrilled about the trade. And you you mentioned it. Uh, Chaika basically said that it was an overpay. He gave Hexel the chance to overpay, and he did. From a draft value standpoint, they gave up a lot of value. They basically gave up the value of trading up to draft a guy who was drafted at like 14th or 15th overall. So... You can look at it one of two ways. You can look at it either, man, they really like this guy. They're willing. To, they think he's basically like the 14th or 15th best prospect in the draft. Or you can look at it as basically the Flyers figure we have a ton of picks. We like this guy, maybe not that much, but we feel like he fills a hole, and maybe you can't get a guy like that, you know, later on. So we might as well spend some picks to get something. That's yeah. the other thing. Oh, go ahead, Kelly. I was just gonna say maybe since this is you know considered a pretty weak draft, especially later in the rounds, they figured they'd take someone who they think might be a guaranteed commodity over a bunch of lottery tickets. That's uh, pretty much. They had so many picks that they were willing to overpay. When you look at what they gave up, a third, they had an extra third, and a fourth, they had two extra fourths. So it's just. They wanted him. They got him. They were willing to overpay. Uh, I, I just feel like they're all lottery tickets. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it, yeah. Aside from a Nolan Patrick, like they're all lottery tickets. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they just had so many. They thought that we only have so many roster spots. We can only, we can only keep eyes on so many prospects. We only have so many contracts we can hand out. We like this guy the best out of everyone, and they went and got him. I don't. I, I don't hate six. the player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hate the player. I just I would prefer in these types of situations to get more lottery tickets than to, you know, put your chips to the table on a project. But I like the player. I I like that they I like where they picked him. I like the Absolutely. fact that, you know, to get him at 35, I think is great. It's just that they gave up a lot of value. Yeah. 
The next guy, uh, I'm not going to attempt. Oh, that's another thing. Our our Belarusian friend who was at the party. Uh, Is there that was a Belarusian there? Yes, yes. I, he did we come have a friend. Up, yeah. We have a friend from Belarus who that's loves cool. it. That I always bring up Belarus. That's yeah. awesome. Flyers drafted uh, two Belarusians. That's what Is I that they did. Yeah, Belarusian. I don't know. I don't know either. But he told me uh, we were. Pre- uh, it's. Garman Rubsov. You really just don't pronounce the T. The germ. He told me if I... Rubsov. Rubsov. Okay. He told me if we need... Because I mispronounce everything. He told me specifically... I mispronounce everything. He told me specifically (laughs) if I need help... Pronouncing Russian names to reach out to him. Well, Garman... We need help. (laughs) Garman Rubsov. All right. Yes. All right. So uh, this guy I'm going to need help with. Someone from Kirill Ustemenko. 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 I don't know what how you pronounce his name. I just know that it's amazing. He's a Russian from Belarus. They got him with the Ronaldo pick. He is the the Ronaldo pick. Yes, he's the Ronaldo pick. So he is the next George Vezina. I love him so much. He's. I don't even care about Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom anymore. This is my guy. Bring this guy in. This is my guy. I want him to start opening night for the Flyers. (laughs) Well, I think that he has to. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I think when his numbers. I mean, it's the MHL, so it's you know like the junior of Russia. The KHL, yeah, yeah, and he dominated in. He only had like twenty-seven games plus some uh, plus some international play, but he looks absolutely dominant from the little I've been able to see of him. He looks really good. That's all I can. Is tell he you another about. big dude? He's six three, so he's not small. Okay. Fifth ranked European goalie. That uh, seems looks good. Pretty good. Looks pretty good. The stats are good. Like overall, fifth rank goaltender? Fifth rank goaltender from not North America. All right, well, we're Sandstrom on that list. Oh, well, this is like fifth ranked in the draft. Thank you. Oh. So. I I got really excited. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. No, this is the kind of guy where, like, I don't think many of the goalie watchers in North America were ultra high on him, but I suspect that's partially because they just didn't see a lot of him. And my guess is the Flyers did. And the Flyers clearly notice something about him that made them think he's worth a third round pick and as i said in in my observations today and that i posted like you just take a bunch of goalies and hope you stumble on the next long they, yeah. they uh they moved merrick madsen because they didn't think uh he they'd be able to get him signed he basically slots in to you know the fifth goalie prospect in the in the in the in the pipeline so cool maybe it'll work I like it. Uh, Wait, now, he's going to pan out. He's got to. Oh, he it's to. the Ronaldo pick. It's he's going to be a stud. It's a perennial all-star. Yeah. Uh, now we move on to the legacy pick, Matthew Strome, 106th overall. Another good value the pick. The baby Strome. Uh, a, a guy who really needs to work on his skating. There've the lesser been, of all Strome. Yes, they, they, there have already been articles about how he's all he's focusing on is a skating. I've he's heard got, he looked like a, a fawn. Yeah, here he's got <laughs> the head just learned how to stand. He's got great hands, great hockey sense, and is just slow. I lo- it seems like skating deficiencies are the easiest to fix. You would yeah? think they're the most fixable. It's the right? most mechanical. Like yeah. it's the thing you can just do repetitiously and fix. I figure there are skating look machines. At, yes. Look like, at Oscar Lindblom. Things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, he has improved. Fit, fell to the fifth round because he couldn't skate, and now we're penciling him in. You know, as an NHL player, his first year out of Europe. Yeah, I I, I, I love this pick. I this this was my probably my favorite value pick of the draft, and it's because mm-hmm. you get a guy. I mean, he had a better point uh, point per game ratio than Frost, and they got him in the fourth round, and he's a big dude. Like this is a potential power forward prospect. Yes, he's a horrible skater right now, atrocious. Undeniably, really bad. <laughs> but if Tell you sugarcoat it, just a if bit. you fix that, 
every single other tool he has is NHL caliber. Oh, so it's literally three, just one pounds. thing. Okay. Yeah, big boy. It's one thing. And you, if you're going to take a power forward prospect, like I love taking power forward prospects in the fourth round, and you pick one with pedigree. Pick one with two brothers who are already in the NHL. I, I, I really like this pick. Even if it doesn't pan out, I think it was a good risk to take. But you know what, round. though? We can, if it doesn't pan out, um, trick Peter Shirelli into thinking he's trading for Dylan Strom again. <laughs> something really good. Because he's Every, an idiot. Like, like Leon Dreisaitl? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Every like draft it. ranking I have has him between like 33 and 59. Flyers got him at 106. Great value. If he's got all the skill and needs to work one thing out, like you were saying, Charlie, these are what lottery tickets are for. Exactly. Could you imagine calling up Edmonton and be like, no, no, we have the, we have other, we have the other Strom. The other Strom. Yeah, the other like, I, know, I know you got you got Ryan Strom. We have the other we one. We have the other one. You want no, it. We're, the Flyers, for the... Cause, the the Luke Shen thing was forever. Like we just assumed he was going to come here, and then when we were looking to move him, we always just assumed Braden and Luke were getting traded together. I can't wait to hear about how Ryan and Dylan are just future flyers. Like it's just stand. They want to play it's with their baby happening. brother. Yeah, just like the stalls. Like they're mm-hmm. just they have to play together. It's just the way it is. <laughs> the next pick is another another fantastic another, name another Belarusian Belarusian I'm so happy that the Flyers got two guys from <laughs> Belarus who was them uh, this is a good draft for you Bill Maxim Shushko I think uh, he's from Belarus NHL Central Scouting had him as the uh, 72nd ranked player who played in North America last year he was an honorable mention outside the ESPN Top 100 first year in the OHL he had 18 goals 14 assists and added 11 points in 17 playoff games that's all I know about him Cool. Seems good. Yeah, he's he's interesting because he came over and they thought he was going to be like a scoring forward, and he kind of had a disappointing first year in the OHL. But the talent's there. So this just strikes me as the Flyers banking on maybe the first year just being an adjustment year, and then mm-hmm. maybe he blows up in year two, and you're thinking this is a great pick. Again, lottery ticket. I like the Strom lottery ticket better. I don't think this is a terrible idea. Maybe it works out. Six foot, 180. He's, right. not, he's not small. Not small. Okay. Uh, Noah Cates at 137th overall. That's I've heard, a boring name. I've heard so many. We know how to say you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've had. I've heard just so many people call him a great sleeper at 137. All I, right. I, I like this pick a lot. Oh, I, I don't know. Why. I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling that Ooh, he's Charlie's a he's gut. He's, I like it. he's apparently a plus skater. He's got tons of raw tools. It's just that he's spent his entire career basically in the Minnesota high school system, and he just hasn't played against top competition. And yeah. next year he's going to play in the USHL. And if he's awesome in the USHL, then you're like, wow, they got a guy with all the tools who killed it in a good league, and wow, they got him in the fifth round. I mean, in high school this year, he scored 65 points in 25 games. That seems good. Seems good. Doesn't seem bad. That seems pretty good. He's 6'1", 165, so he's going to have to put on some weight, He's got to bulk up a little. Yeah, oh, that's a small He'll child. do that in college. Yeah, that's happens. what college is for. Hit that freshman 15 hard, Noah. <laughs> so he's, he's apparently committed to Minnesota Duluth, who yeah. got okay. to the who got to the Frozen yeah. Four Championship last year, but he doesn't go there until 2018-19. He's got yes. a prep year. Okay. Yeah, he's got All a right. prep year. All right, uh, at 168 overall, Ali Lixell is what I'm going to call him. Lixell, uh, undersized Swedish forward. Yeah, I mean, they like their European scout. That's all I can. They like their European scouts, and they're just taking flyers on guys. Oh, this, this is this is the guy who looks legitimately ten years old. 
I do think. Oh my god! I do think that is an old picture. That is There's a child. No way so, that's so, a real so picture. We're, we're, we're referring around. to the picture on EliteProspects.com for this guy. And I wish. I wish I could show you guys. I'm on pretty Facebook. sure this that is... picture is is him when he was like 12. It, I hope so. it has to be. <laughs> no, it can't possibly be him now. Otherwise, the Flyers are breaking uh... some kind of like labor law. <laughs> <laughs> no, Someone... he's, a, he's a very small child. He's he's very he's young. a baby face. Uh, this oh is... my god! God, I'm old. This when did is, this happen? This could actually be our child. Kelly, mine and yours. It's yeah, him. We are adopting him. All right. Uh, <laughs> finally, in the seventh round, Wyatt Kalinick, 196th overall, 6-1-180. Only, solid name. Only D-man they drafted. 20-year-old freshman going to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, decent point totals for a defenseman last year, two years in the mm. USHL. No, is he so old? No North Dakota Late guys bloomer, huh? going into college. I, is that I a thing that happens? What? Why is he so old just going into college? Is that a thing? I mean, he just spent time in the USHL. Oh. I mean, the, thing is, the big thing is why do they draft a 20-year-old when you become draft eligible at age 18? That's that's my question. But. It's a seventh-round pick. They nah. just see what happens. I almost wonder if they took him just so Hextall wouldn't have to deal with a narrative that you didn't take any defensemen. Oh, maybe. Oh. <laughs> it's like, see, I took one, so shut up. He replaces Jesper Pedersen, I guess. Exactly. He 6'1", wasn't. 175. Pedersen has a better name. He does. I like to rank draft prospects by name. When I was in, when I was at the Phantoms playoff game this year, I saw two people together wearing Pedersen jerseys. Were and they his mom that and had dad? To be his I, family. Immediately, I was yeah, like, "You're probably. related to him," because there's Have no, be. there's no one person that bought a Pedersen jersey, let alone let two. alone two, <laughs> yeah. that have found each other. Like they yeah. had to be related to him somehow. There are seven guys the Flyers did extend qualifying offers to. Today was the uh, was Hooray. the deadline for restricted free agents, I believe. Yep. Uh, today is Monday, for those of you listening later in the week. Scott Lawton, Taylor Lear, Alex Lyon, Roman Labimov, I guess is the, uh, I guess is the, uh, the surprise there. Plus Stolarz, uh, Cole Bordreau, and Steph's favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember his first name. Michael Vecchioni? Mike. 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 Oh, I thought <laughs> the one we always forget. Well, I, I, I always forget. <laughs> My guess is is that Mike Vecchioni is no longer Steph's least favorite flyer. I think that, that title Morgan can be given Frost. to No, it can be given to Yuri Laterra. Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yuri Laterra can get fired. <laughs> I will be surprised. <laughs> Maybe he's even... in the press box. I will be surprised if he if he figures in the Good. If he's in the no press way. box, Travis, I need credentials. If he... I, I, I think Vecchioni is going to the AHL. Yeah. Um, as Wasn't part right of this this handshake agreement that Vecchioni was going to be in the NHL next year? I don't know if that... I, I think the handshake agreement was that he was going to sign another contract. Whether that was... He gets a shot. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get a chance. I just don't know I don't how... I think he's going to make I, it. I don't know how it makes sense. Like I don't think he matches up with many of the other guys who are still left. And like if it comes down to him and Scott Lawton, Scott Lawton has to pass through waivers. And do you think Vecchioni, Mike Vecchioni doesn't. Do you so, think he's better than Lawton? I, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm looking forward to camp. I'm looking forward to the preseason. There is actual competition. Last year, I thought it was a lock that Konechny and Provorov were making the team. I thought they had to. This year, there are actual camp battles we're looking at. Is Oscar Lindblom going to make this team? Who of these bottom six guys makes the team? Uh, who the hell are the goalies? I think there mm. are all, there's a lot that's going to be sorted out in the preseason this year. The reason why I don't think Vecchioni is making the team is because I don't think he's competing against Lawton. Because if they protected Lawton in the expansion draft, they're not going to then cut him, put him on and put him on waivers and lose him for nothing. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. So I think the guys that Vecchioni is competing against are Nolan Patrick and Oscar Limbaugh. And I think <laughs> and I think those two guys are going to blow him out of the water. That's adorable. Are so. you sure? <clears throat> That's cute. I, I don't know, Charlie. <laughs> 
I think it's a anybody's. A, game. I think it's a Matt Reed. Michael Roffel situation there. I Dale think it's, Weiss. Yeah, all those guys. So did I we think forget about Dale Weiss again? I, think, it's kind I of did. A, I think because Vecchioni can pass through waivers, he is the he is the best candidate to go to the AHL. Yeah, he's waiver exempt. But I think uh, I just I think it's just going to come down to who has the best camp. I really Maybe. do. Maybe camp will be interesting this year. Um, there was something that I was going to say. Well, L- L- Lubby got qualified, which that does, is does, awesome. does not mean that he's coming back, but it just means that if he goes back to the KHL, which I think is the expectation, the, the Flyers, Flyers have his rights. It's like Eric Gustafson yeah. a couple years ago, which yeah. is just like, all right, man. Couldn't didn't... he go to the AHL like reasonably, too? He could, but I don't know why he would when he can get paid just more in the K. more money over yeah. oh, back home, Fair. too. It's, he's going home if he goes back there. Because I thought it was like a done deal that... Uh, Oh. He was like signing somewhere else, leave him off. I thought I heard it a couple was of rumored. weeks ago. I so he was I like in negotiation. I guess not. They, they QO'd him. So. Um, so the thing that I was going to say is now we're, we're racking up a list of prospects that I love and prospects that I hate. So the next time <laughs> you call me an ageist, let's just go to that hate list okay. because it is an growing. Ageist. Okay, okay. All right, I want to get to. Uh, well, first, why are I, I made a joke about it earlier? But like, is are people serious about one Justin Williams? I feel like we do this every year. We do this every year with like forty five different players. I'm so it's, over it's former like, players. Must Who, we always recycle? Whoever is is coming up as a free agent that used to be a flyer, even if it was for like five minutes, people get crazy over them. Like, I, I wish. Kept. I wish the Flyers didn't give up on Justin Williams. It would have been Me nice. too. Like, but we did, cool. and it's over with. It's the, done. Your parents aren't getting back together, kids. They hate no. each other. It's over. Woo. Like that's what that's what I see. Which like I'm just like I'm sorry. Justin Williams is gone, but he is. It's over. I, I, he's 36. I like Justin Williams. I you like. Would. He's a good player, but, but I don't want him. He's. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. What's the point? Because he's good. At hockey, but wouldn't you rather give that spot to somebody else? I'd no, rather because see I know Lear. Justin Williams is good at hockey. I'd honestly rather. <laughs> I don't see know Taylor they Lear. are. <laughs> I, mean, I just this, they're not winning the cup this year. Why would Justin Williams come here? I, I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't think he would. His, stop, his wife's but. family is from the area. Oh, great. I mean, there's that. Um, the other, the other point. House. Somebody made this point on Twitter, and it was actually a really good point. So Justin Williams, we know that he's a good hockey player. But why bring him in and waste the development time when you know he's not going to be here when the Flyers eventually make their cup run? That's what I was trying to say. You said it better. Thank you. It I, wasn't me. It was someone else. I guess well, I thanks, guess my, my answer to that is that I don't think... The only way I would even consider signing Williams is if Wheel goes elsewhere. And if Wheel goes elsewhere, Williams would not be hindering anyone from playing with maybe the exception of Scott Lawton. And... I don't know if Scott Lawton's playing on this team right now anyway, unless he beats out like a Laterra. But maybe you give him the chance to. Maybe. I, mean, I just not... feel like Justin Williams is the kind of player you add to put you over yes. the edge. He's exactly the guy yeah. I was talking about earlier. And we are when not you're anywhere there, near the edge. When you're there, you go find Justin Williams. Yeah, we don't need him Fair. yet. I, well, I accept that point. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I agree they're nowhere near cup contender. But I believe, and this will probably anger Steph, but I think Justin Williams is a more valuable player than Braden Shen, so I don't think, I think if you add well, Justin Williams to replace Braden Shen, I then... think he's older Braden Shen. Well, he's like 10 years older. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly. Exactly 10 years. So I, why, I am... why are you going to waste the money and waste the cap space when he's not actually going to bring anything to your team? I'm going to play ageist here. I don't want anyone over 35 to waste. 
I'm fine with that. I'm down. Okay. We're bringing. We're starting the youth movement. Yeah. We're, go, we're going Leafs this speaking year. Speaking of uh, speaking Leafs. of over overpaying for guys with uh, inflated numbers, Washington. Eight years for TJ Oshie. Did Bless. that happen during the draft party? Yes, it did. Yeah. Draft party. At the very yeah. beginning of the draft party. I, I missed maybe, it completely. Maybe right before we went on air. Uh, I saw it on the screen and I was like, wait there, a minute, Steph. what? What was that? It yeah, it was before, before you got, you got there. there. I was sitting in traffic. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I'm just busting balls. I know. <laughs> I, was, I, I made it there before we went on air. That's did, all that matters. Kiss my ass, Bill. I'm joking. I don't know. Eight years for It's certainly good for Washington now. For the next two, mm. three years while the window is theoretically still open. Is it? But man, at TJ Oshie at age 39, I mean, they're, they're really hoping for a lockout and compliance buyouts, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, Which but, will probably happen if we're absolutely. being serious. Yeah, that's absolutely going to happen. But yeah. that's the point, it, though, is their window is, what, three years tops? Max. If they don't win a cup in the next two to three years, that GM isn't going to be dealing with that. That's somebody no. else's problem. Yeah. I think that if, current, if they don't win next year, they're in for big that's, organizational that's changes. An, that's an absolute possibility. Yeah. It's, there's already been the, I don't believe them, but there's already been you know the are they gonna trade Ovechkin stuff floated out there so you were fully on board with oh, I want to trade for Ovechkin I think <laughs> they should but they're not going to the same reason the the same exact way the Rangers should trade Lundqvist but they won't because they're dumb and teams don't do that kind of stuff would you but, take a Lundqvist on the Flyers yeah Mm, I would love it just to piss off Rangers term. fans. <laughs> Same reason I wanted Flurry to piss off Penguins fans. I I, I really like Long oh, I, I, really I, like I'd Lundquist love to actually too. be able to root for Henrik Longquist. All right, uh, we got into the Reeves stuff. Uh, what else do we want to talk about, guys? I wanted to talk about Niall Yakupov because I think it's funny that people still think he's good. People still think God, he's good. God, what happened to that dude? Nothing. He's never been good. Edmonton. How's Edmonton he happened. He, he scored, was good for a minute. He scored 17 goals his rookie year. It was a lockout year. It was a weird year. It was his first year in the league. And then he's got 36 goals in 244 games since. That's he's not good. not good. See, I don't... Whoa. Okay, I don't think he's as bad as you're saying. What I think Neil Yakupov is, is I think Neil Yakupov is probably a serviceable third-line forward who will never get another real chance because teams just don't like his personality. Change the scenery is what he needs. Like, I, I think that's what it comes down to, is that this is a guy who, if he was like a Pierre-Edouard Belmar type in terms of personality, he'd be getting jobs every year. But teams don't like him. Is so, he a jerk? I think he's kind of cocky from what I've yes. heard. And then oh, like, that's funny. Well, and then he also, had, he also has the whole like, like to have fun thing. Remember he had that, that big celebration his first yes. year where he yeah. slid oh along the God, ice. No, that, oh, so I do remember that. I thing, loved that. The thing oh, is, I celebration. Think, I, think, right. I think he's a one dimensional. If the league ever went the way, like some teams are trying to take it, like if you can roll four lines and you can put him on your third or fourth to be a scorer, like, okay, but he's just not a top six forward and he's a one-dimensional player and the offense has dried up. So, like, what the hell do you do with him? If you had the option to, like, throw him on your third or fourth line as a scorer, maybe it would work, but not enough teams do that now. And he is a jerk, so... Uh, "Quote unquote jerk," supposedly. So he likes just, to have fun, so and teams, that equals jerk. In or this maybe he is a, a jerk. Maybe he doesn't want to work on his two-way game. Maybe also he has, Russian. Maybe he has no interest in getting better at defense, and that's why like you can't use him. Yeah, I mean, may- maybe he's a, maybe he's a Jared. He's a power play only. Yeah, maybe he's a power play only scorer, and the scoring is dried up. If so you, he's just no good. If you could bring him in for super cheap for one year just to see what happens, would you do it? Yes. Twenty-three I, years old. I'd I do think it. I would. I just to see. Maybe, I, I, I do a Gagne with him. Yeah, let's see what happens. The thing is, though, teams, and this goes back to what I was saying, like, teams don't 
generally like take those kind of chances on guys they don't think are going to fit in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we, we ran into the situation, you know, in in any sport where a guy their teams are afraid he's going to rock the boat, and well, we if don't we, was, we we don't want to deal with that kind of publicity for a fourth line. Yeah, if he was a boring dude from Saskatoon, they'd be all over it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. He's a flashy Russian. We don't like that. Part of it is teams just don't want to go that way. Like, uh, yeah, if you could have a one-way player and he's all defense, sure, and if he's all offense, no, he's no good. But maybe if you punch faces like Ryan Reeves, you get traded first round pick for him. (laughs) Back to Steph's point, Uh, better to be zero dimensions than one. It is. No, there's it's an absolute embarrassment that Chris Vandeveld he had a job for eighty one games, but (laughs) why why do they not play him for the eighty second game? I really wanted to be able to like make fun of the Flyers for playing Chris Vandeveld every game in a season and they bench him that last game. Do you think that starting this season coming up? That he's going to be in the front office, absolutely. Or do you think he like takes a year <laughs> there off? There is not and, a like, doubt. Mandavaldi, yeah, there doing is not a, what? Oh, they're going to hire him. For he's something. just going to be hanging out at the skate zone, and then like a week before the regular season starts, he's whatever. So you think Ron gonna, Hextall's coffee guy? They're going to give him like the Neil Little arrangement, despite <laughs> not having the kind of loyalty and awesomeness yes, that Neil yeah. Little has. Probably without Ew. a doubt, they do it oh, to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Y- you know what I think, Chris yeah, Vandavaldi. Chris Vandevelde's job. Like three seasons. He was here for longer than that. I think. Has he been here? Ahead, I think I must have blacked out and forgotten about three him. years. I think he was here for. Hold on, Ew. I'm checking. I'm checking. I think Chris Vandevelde's job is going to be the professional alumni game guy for the Flyers. That's oh, great. Yeah, He's yeah. like the guy they plug in on the fourth line every time they have an alumni Poor game. Poor man's Kent Manderville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he any, has any been these? here since 2013. Oh my god! Any of these other moves stand out to anybody? They want to comment on here. Or are we going to wrap it up? Do you know what I find interesting? What do you find interesting? So Kelly? remember how our uh, best friend Keith Jones thought for sure that Brian Elliott was going to be our guy? I do. That was interesting. I read some things today that Brian Elliott is apparently house shopping in Winnipeg. I read really? on the Twitter. Who oh. the hell wants to move that to he's Winnipeg? looking for a house in I Winnipeg? See, so so they, he might be the Jets guy. So they would pair him with Hellebuck. So then who? Bernie. Yeah, it's still Bernie, no, right? Now. I've thought a lot about Steve Mason because <laughs> there I, was an I article spend, today. I didn't read it. I've stayed away from the internet today. Yeah, smart. Um, but I think I think a lot about Steve Mason, and and the only situation I, I don't think I, I think that the 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 ship has probably sailed on bringing him back immediately. It's still kicking around. But though. I think come maybe August. If he hasn't gotten any offers, any contracts to be a number one goalie, I think Ron maybe does go back to him and say, hey, we'll do the same tandem that we did last year that really for wor- a couple years. I could that see really it. worries I me. I see the same see thing, it. but like between July 8th and 15th, not August. Okay, so I fine. That's, yeah. that's okay, too. But like I could see Steve Mason testing the waters, and because they don't like him, the NHL doesn't like him, just, there's just no more offers. spots left. That's, I feel like the more and more, like, the longer this goes, it looks like so many, like, you know, Bishop is signed, and it, it looks like Elliot has a landing place. So, like, so, the more and more spots that fill up, the Flyers need a goalie, and Steve Mason is probably the best available. He I is, mean, he is the best he available. He is the best but, available. But here's the problem that I have with this, is that... <laughs> You bring him back. Talk about a marriage that just... Yeah, first of all, if you want to go with that, you know, Steve... The Flyers broke Steve Mason's tiny little heart into a million little pieces. It was not a pretty breakup. (laughs) And the fact of the matter is, we can have the argument about whether or not goalie tandems work or they don't, and they don't. But, however, 
they especially don't work for Steve Mason. He yeah. said those words out loud. I don't do well in a tandem situation. If we're just going to bring him back and do the same thing that we did last year, why would we expect that anything would be any and different? And that's the thing for him that I think would hinder him the most. is this, If he's coming back, it's because he can't find a match anywhere else. Yeah. So it's most likely a one-year deal. And in that in that scenario, he's going to have a bad year again because he's in a tandem that he doesn't want to be and in. And I don't understand the point. I don't if, know. What, like, yeah, I, I, why I don't... bring him back if you're not going to give him the environment that he needs to succeed? I mean, he did end up getting the number one goalie responsibility. They they gave it to him reluctantly, but it was because Neufert was injured. Like, he did end up but there carrying was a lot the of bulk back and forth. Because and, and, Dave Hackstall's yeah. a bad coach. Exactly, and I agree with that. But what I'm saying is why even bother trying it out again if you're just going to set up the same exact environment in which he failed last year because it doesn't work for him. Goalies are head cases. See, I don't buy that he would absolutely fail in that environment. Here, Here's my opinion, and I like Steve Mason. If it's a I, mental I, thing with him, if his thing is I need to be the number one guy, I'm not going to do well in a tandem, they're psychos, Charlie. Yeah, but see, <laughs> the way I look at it, and as I was saying, I like, I like Steve Mason. He's a good dude when you interview him. He's been a great goalie for the Flyers. I don't think this was a case of I suck in a tandem, so I played bad. I think this was a case of he sucked, and then he said, well, I just sucked because I was in a tandem. Like, I think he used that as a mental way to justify his bad season to himself. Because he was in a tandem the year before with Neuvert, and he was good in the second half of the year. Was it a true tandem? It kind of was. Mason was was really, really bad through December. I mean, this year, two years, two ago. years ago, okay. the tandem worked in the second half. Oh, yeah. He had and then that, he had it. He thing. just had yeah. an amazing second half and then he fell apart in the playoffs. So I don't know if I buy that Mason just can't work in tandems. He I, played more this yeah. year than he did last year. Sorry, I'm just looking. Neuvert was hurt more. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we're looking the last three years. Well, let's go back four years. 61 games, 51 games, 54 games, he 58 wants, games. He wants to be the 60-plus guy, and I don't know if he is, it but just, he's the best available, absolutely. 51 games, the least that he played in the last four years, his highest save percentage. I mean, I know they're all professionals. It just feels like the way this went down was not particularly oh, yeah, no, great. not good at all. And it just feels like if they brought, I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like it's gone too far. I, it, well, it very he, well he may could. not, he yeah. may not want to sign. I mean, it, it's definitely both sides have an option. Oh, for sure. If but they went no, to him, and if he, he was can't like, find uh, a job and the Flyers can't find a goalie, and it's kind of like, well, I guess we're gonna do this. Well, that's like, not yeah. enough. He's got plenty of millions of dollars. Yeah. He could retire. That's the only scenario I see it working out in is if the other uh, other goalies end up elsewhere, and Mason, it, it, it's just gonna be. This is all there is. Can I you, think that's the only way it works. Can you imagine if he comes back and he gets oh less God. money than Neuvert? Uh, that's no. gonna be bad. Like, oh my God! Well, no, I don't think that he would. Sign, I don't think that he would sign that contract. Yeah, I'd sit out if I was him. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would sign <laughs> yeah. that contract. I don't think. Just, that, I don't think his agent would I'd allow him to I'd sign that contract. I'd rather just not. I'd rather just not. I'd rather not risk. I'd rather just not. Or accept being a backup somewhere else and still make more money than Neuvert. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Is that it, guys? Sign it. Did we do it? I think we covered a lot. We it's, did good. We're at like an hour thirty almost. Hot damn! That is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio this week. Thanks again to WIP. Thanks again to Bud Light. Thanks again to everybody who made the uh, who made who made the draft party happen on Friday. That was absolutely amazing. Only made us want to do it again. Uh, thanks to WIP for their recording space as well. It's been absolutely amazing. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about sports? Keep your glasses on Leave your that in. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to talk about sports?
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>